My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Welcome to another day as we continue this journey through the wonderful book of Esther. And today we're going to be looking at Esther chapter 8. And at the end of Esther chapter 7, we've had the evil Haman executed on the gallows, which was not a hangman's gallows, it was a big stake, remember? And his body was left to die in excruciating pain on the very method of execution that he had prepared for Mordecai. But we have to remember there's a decree in place. There, there was a decree that was made in January of that year, the equivalent month, that in 11 months' time, the Jewish people would have to be annihilated. That was the decree. So we still got to deal with all that. So we start with verse 1 of chapter 8. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told how he was related to her. Now this is the, the king first finding out about this. And the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed Mordecai over the house of Haman. So Haman ends up with absolutely nothing. He has nothing to pass on to his family. He had uh, he'd done everything he could to climb the ladder of success as high as he could make it, and then he dies with nothing. And the king takes off his signet ring, which was something that could be used as a, a royal sign that whatever whatever you see this 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 stamp attached to, that's as good as the king saying to do it. And here we have this amazing transfer of favor to Mordecai and Haman really should have he should have learnt some lessons but he never learnt them uh, Solomon had written before this time and many hundreds of years before this time actually about a thousand years before this. And he wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Yeah, he didn't do that though, did he? No, no, not real smart was our Haman. So let's move on to verse 3 of chapter 8. Now Esther spoke again to the king, fell down at his feet and implored him with tears to counteract the evil of Haman the Agagite and the scheme which he had devised against the Jews. And the queen, or the king, sorry, held out the golden scepter toward Esther. And Esther arose and stood before the king and said, If it pleases the king and if I have found favour in his sight and the thing seems right to the king and I am pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, which he wrote to annihilate the Jews who are in all the king's provinces. Now remember, the king's empire stretched from India all the way to Ethiopia. It was enormous. 
Esther says, For how can I endure to see the evil that will come to my people in these few months' time? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my countrymen? So Esther asked that the previous decree requiring the extermination of the Jewish people was going to be revoked. And this is what you would have imagined maybe Esther would have asked for at the very first banquet. But had she done that, God's plan would not have been put into effect. In Esther chapter 5, but God's wisdom that he revealed to Esther allowed her to navigate her life and gave her the, the tact and the ability and the confidence and the wisdom to approach the request of the king in stages. And you see the king multiple, making multiple offers to Esther. What is it that you want? Now, what was interesting, you have to understand legally, is that even though Haman had been defeated, a decree, which was a royal decree, had been signed and could not be stopped. It couldn't be revoked. How could God's people be preserved when the decree of the king cannot be revoked? And that, that we, we learnt that in Esther chapter 1, verse 19. So let's read what happens, okay? Because now we're like, well, how's it all going to play out? How are they going to be saved? I'm glad you asked. Verse 7. Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew, Indeed, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows because he tried to lay his hand on the Jews. You yourselves write a decree concerning the Jews, as you please, in the king's name, and seal it with the king's signet ring. Remember, he'd given that to Mordecai. For whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's signet ring, no one can revoke. So the king's scribes were called at that time in the third month, which is the month of Sivan, on the 23rd day. Now, the decree was written in the first month about what was going to happen 11 months later at the end of the year. Now we're up to the third month. It was written according to all that Mordecai commanded to the Jews, the satraps, the governors and the princes, of the provinces from India to Ethiopia, 127 provinces in all, to every province in its own script, to every people in their own language and to the Jews in their own script and language. And he wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus, sealed it with the king's signet ring and sent letters by couriers on horseback, riding on royal horses bred from swift steeds. By these letters, the kings permitted the Jews who were in every city to gather together and protect their lives to destroy, kill and annihilate all the forces of any people or province that would assault them, both little children and women, and to plunder their possessions on one day in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar. And a copy of the document was to be issued as a decree in every province and published for all people so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies and the couriers who rode on royal horses, went out, hastened and pressed on by the king's command and the decree was issued in Shushan, the citadel. The king was not able to revoke the previous decree, so he simply said, you write another one. Now, we have to remember the time frame. And if you think about Haman, it would almost look like even though he was dead, he was still going to win. And... It's kind of like the devil with us. Satan uh, is in a place right now where he thinks he's won. 
And he, he kind of, that's how he operates in our lives. But we have to deal with a righteous God. And Ezekiel chapter 18 says, the soul who sins shall die. And we sin, so we have to die. So in order for us to live, somebody's got to pay the price for our sins, which is what Jesus did. Satan, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to understand that he's going to lose in the long run. Because we have a legal decree from God that was paid for by Jesus Christ. See, God has solved the problem. And the problem was this. If there was sin, the soul had to die, and God's wrath had to be executed upon those who sinned. God has not compromised his desire for eternal justice by saying, oh, that's okay. All those things I said, you don't have to worry about it. No, he said it. He has to live by it. It's a decree that he made. And so in order for justice to be fulfilled, somebody had to take the punishment we deserve. So God says, you know what? I will pay the price myself by giving you my son. And his counter decree, he doesn't, he doesn't say, oh, the first decree, I'm just going to make that null and void. He says, no, no, I've got a counter decree and that's what saves us. Romans 3.26, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God will always be just. And there's this incredible urgency around all of the provinces of King Ahasuerus's empire, this massive empire. And the world had never seen one as big as it at this time. And all these people on swift steeds, do you know what that, that tells us that we as Christians have to be on swift steeds, quickly spreading the message of Jesus Christ. Hey, there's a counter decree. And even though the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. We've got to be running and telling as many people as possible. Justice has been satisfied in Jesus Christ. So then we move on to verse 15. So Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white with a great crown of gold and a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. See, what was happening here was God's purpose was going to go further than just sparing the Jews from destruction. He, he was going to make sure that Mordecai was raised up. And indeed he was. He actually became the prime minister. He was a replacement for Haman. So then we move on to verse 16. And the Jews had light and gladness, joy and honour. A very short verse but means so much because this joy came before the day. Remember the timeline, which is what we have to remember. We have to remember we're in a timeline. The book of Esther was in a timeline. You and I live in a timeline. God is going to send his son. Jesus is coming back. And we know how it's going to play out because the Bible tells us. And so the Jewish people knew in the third month that there was still a decree that in the twelfth month that they could be annihilated. But there's now a new decree that comes out. 
See, because of the new decree, the Jewish people were going to be assured victory. So what did they do? They rejoiced. They had gladness. They had joy. They had honor because they knew they were going to win. Why don't we live like that? Why do we live like we still, oh, I don't know if we're going to win. We live with this defeatist mindset. They had light gladness. Our course isn't run. We've still got to run and do what God's asked us to do. But we should have confidence in what King Jesus has done. Philippians 1, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you see how the story of Jesus is woven right through the fabric of the book of Esther and the story? There's so much in it for us to understand as Christ followers today. Verse 17 of chapter 8. And in every province and city, wherever the king's command and decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a holiday. Then many of the people of the land became Jews because fear of the Jews fell upon them. This is amazing. They saw God working on behalf of his people. And they're like, I want to be one of his people. I want the same relationship with God that they've got because it looks like it works out really well for them. And that's us. People should be looking at our lives and going, I want the same relationship with God that they have. And you say you can. Jesus, free gift of salvation. See, that's what we're supposed to look like. We're supposed to look like people who are full of joy, gladness and honour. Not just scraping through life. Oh, this world's so horrible. I'm just praying for heaven to get here. No, we've got joy and honour and gladness. And why? Because we know that we win. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Read the end of the book. We win. Tell me what you what you observe in the comments below. Heavenly Father, thank you for this great reminder that we live in a timeline right now. And we've got a job to do in this period of history, telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ, going into all the world, preaching the gospel. And that Jesus, you are coming back one day. And you paid the price for us. And we thank you for that. We take time to honour you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day.